Ladies and gentlemen, can we not just have like a week where you know, you know, it's, it's, can we not have all weeks where they're all equal? So there's a bit of news and a bit of news and a bit of news, not no news and then a ton of news. It's doing my head in. But anyway, in the words of public enemies, Chuck D, bring the noise. Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's felt like a long time since my last episode because I've just had a lot going on. Like it's it's it's, it's silly. Like of how, of how much, not even for myself actually, just for the amount of news that's come through in the past weeks. Like my my in a week where I've got tons. I've got tons to talk about. Um, so uh, and. You know, this, this episode is actually going to be a little bit different because I actually have an interview uh, coming through later on. Um, I should close my window before I continue, uh, but I'll do, I'll do that uh, later. Um, and yeah, so it's just been it's just been a crazy week uh, for me personally and just for the world. I mean, it's just it's just so much. <laughs> There's so much going on. I can't keep I can't keep up. But um, as a police carco's uh, pie. And hopefully not for me, because I ain't done nothing. Um, <laughs> yes, it's vicious, isn't it? Anyway, uh, so yeah, as that as that happens, and uh, I'll niche, I'll close my window at some point because it just it just gets a bit hot. You know, when I record, it just gets a little bit hot. You know what I'm saying? But uh, obviously, I'd like the soundproofing uh, or some or essence of soundproofing. Uh, but yeah, as it pertains to the show, uh, we have a interview uh, later on in the show, so that's basically half the show. So there's only two topics this week, uh, apart from the interview, which is uh, one from film and TV and one from music. And yeah, so that's just how it is. <laughs> that's just how the show is going to go down um, next week, and hopefully um, for the whole of October, I do have an idea coming, and I will tell you next episode because if it if I I I don't know why I just have cautious optimism. This can either go really well, and I really hope it does. But I uh, I'm I'm just gonna I I can't. I'm one of those people that doesn't I don't hype it up until I know for sure that it's going down if <laughs> you know what I'm saying you know what I mean so I, I, I ain't gonna hype it up yet but I do have an idea for something for October uh, in terms of what's good and uh, if it if it pans out then I'll well obviously it will pan out and then I'll tell you what's going on but until then I'm just gonna keep it shut because I'm so cautiously optimistic right now I've only pulled the trigger yesterday so it's just um yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna see how it goes until the next week. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. And uh, yeah, but other than that, I'm good. I hope you all are, are doing well. I hope you all have had a good week. Um, and yeah, so without further ado, for Mansies, before we begin, we have the email, we have the Twitter, we have the Instagram, and we also have the Facebook as well. Uh, so if you want to contact me on any of those, feel free. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. And without further ado, I'm going to close my window. But for you, you'll just get some music. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. In a week where teriyaki... No, I put teriyaki six nine. 
I'd say teriyaki just for a joke, but um, it's the car sheet, obviously, 6 9 but I'm just calling teriyaki because, I don't know, it's funny. Um, teriyaki 6 9 snitches everybody out. I mean, wow, this is this is some elite snitching, elite snitching. I mean, this is this is crazy. This is unprecedented. He's... he's he, so for those that don't know, Takashi Six Nine's obviously uh, been uh, is in a, a case at the moment, and uh, a re- I think it was a Rico case. Um, so like uh, you know, uh, racketeering and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, so he basically, in order to not face prison time and potentially witness protection, I think uh, the uh, I think the U.S. government is currently uh, uh, going uh, going through that in their heads whether to do it or not. And um, yeah, so for, for all that, he ended up snitching on 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 wax, and he's just doing everybody in. Like, he, he's he's throwing everybody under the bus, including people that have nothing to do with the particular case. So he actually said uh, Jim Jones of the Diplomats, uh, Dupset, and um, Cardi B are members of the same of the same gang he was uh, he was uh, affiliated with. Like, what what do, what do they have to do with it? <laughs> What does that have to do with the price of eggs? So he's literally, literally snitching everybody. Uh, he, he's snitching everybody. It's, it's crazy. So uh, uh, we shall see how that goes. And the memes have been glorious, glorious. If if anything, if anything, six uh, nine was a great meme. I will, I will, I will give him that. He was. He had the amazing ability to stay relevant via memes. And you know, I I, res- I respect that hustle. Uh, Met Police say fastest growing UK terrorist threat originate from the far right and I will go one step further or shall I? Hmm. Should I go one step further? I mean, when I say one step further, what do you think I mean? You're probably right. Um, so, yeah, that's just um preach to the choir right there. Kanye tops Forbes' highest paid hip-hop packs. That's actually the first time he's ever done that. Um, so, yeah, big up to Kanye. Uh, will that album drop? We, we we shall see. It's actually been really quiet. Have you noticed that? It's been really quiet. The, yeah, the album hasn't dropped yet as of this recording, but the, 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 there's no hype. He he announced it. There was like a track list, and people were like going, ah, track list, uh, and you know, oh, release date, oh, release date, and then nothing. No, nobody. He hasn't said anything. It's really weird. It's really eerie. I don't really like it. Um, maybe it's either he's gonna drop it, or he's far from dropping it. Is <laughs> one of the two. It's either going to be on the dot or two months away. I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's one of those. Uh, Dave wins the 2019 Mercury Prize. Uh, I actually talked about this via the fifth element. So if you want to go see that particular uh, article about Dave and also UK rap and the future of UK rap and the future of UK music, in my opinion, uh, go read that. Um, the show itself was very whack to me. Uh, I think the broadcast like sound was really terrible. It may have sounded great in the, in the you know, in the... Uh, was it an arena or whatever, you know, in the hall or whatever, uh, on the stage. But um, listening to all the performances on um, on the TV was just everyone sounded not great. Um, even Nao, who well, she was the highest of quality in terms of voice because you know she's an angel and that is a fact. She is not human. Um, but even that, she sound she she sounded um, like she held back. Because I've seen her do another Lifetime live, and that's that. She she wasn't even putting fifty percent into that. I don't know if that was just um, just how it was or how they were told to do it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just it just didn't really seem like um, it didn't sound good. Um, but other than that, uh, the performances um, the performances kind of got me at a point where I was like, 
Nah, I think there were a few acts that were snubbed here, uh, most notably Loyal Kana, because there was there was some there was some. I get it. I get why they were there, but eh, not good listens to me, for me personally. Not good listens. So I'm just gonna stop there. Uh, Canadian PM Justin Trudeau has not one, not two, but three pictures surface of him wearing brown face. Um, yeah, um, I don't. I don't really have much else for that. Um, it's, it's just. Um, is to see how that Canadian election goes, sir, because that is an interesting time to fall that to a surface. Dozens gather for raid Area 51. Yes, people actually did it. Um, they didn't actually raid it. They just, I think, I think from the pictures I saw, they just stood around it or stood at the entrance and just memed about. I guess by memed about, you, uh, well, you can, you can, you can draw your conclusions of what I mean by that. Millions across the world gather to protest the climate crisis. I mean, that was um. Yeah, just watching that uh, via the news was just crazy to see. Um, and, you know, I talked about, obviously, the climate last year, last year, last week. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's just preached to the choir there. Like, uh, it's, it has to be done now. Like, uh, I think, um, shout out to Greta Thunberg, because uh, she said uh, on one of her talks uh, to the UN that um, 30 years, there's been 30 years of research. And that really hit me into the fact that, this has really been a 30, 40 year conversation and we're still, and, and people are still apathetic about this. It, it just blows my mind sometimes, I'll tell you. Um, uh, when, when politicians go like, oh yeah, we'll be, we'll be um, you know, we will not rely on coal uh, on, uh, by, by 2040. I'm like, bro, you're 40 years too late. Now, now, now has to be the time. Can't we can't forecast anymore? We can't do that kind of shit. It has to be now. But you know, politicians and all that. Uh, Boris Johnson breaks the law. Well, I always say that in the terms of you know he should be jailed because if if anybody did this, it did what he did, they wouldn't go to jail. So um, I guess I I'll rephrase and say he he did something unlawful. Um, and you know, you guys know what it is. Obviously, pro parliament and the supreme—I uh, don't know what we call it in the UK—Supreme Court, Supreme Justice, whatever. Um, the highest court in the land, of, of how the news loves to say it, in the land. And um, yeah, they—they they shut that shit down. Basically, <laughs> they shut that shit down. And uh, actually, as of this recording, they—they uh, they just had a uh, parliamentary session. So you know, it's back. Everything's back back to normal. Um, so hopefully, something goes down uh, via that. Um, so we still got a month to go, lit- literally a month to go, uh, just over a month to go until everything, until the apocalypse. And lastly, finally, lastly, uh, Trump finally gets that impeachment inquiry. It's a good week for democracy, I tell you. Bit good week, pretty good week. No, uh, so that's that's for damn sure. Um, so yeah, he's obviously not, not going to get impeached straight up. I mean, the election, the U.S. elections are next year, so will they even get it? anything done in time in, in in a year i don't know how long an impeachment inquiry goes on for but um if it happens in you know by the end of the year then sure i guess why not but um i don't really see the point in it now it's been it's been <laughs> it's been nearly four years literally so uh, uh i don't know uh, but anyway we shall get to our first topic of the episode. Well, first of two topics of one of only two topics of this uh, this episode and it's the emmys the Emmy Awards, uh, biggest night in American TV anyway, uh, was uh, the other night, and it was, um, I mean, I didn't watch it or anything, uh, obviously there was uh, 
the Emmys spread over about a week. Obviously, these are the main ones, you know, drama and comedy and all the, you know, all the stuff we care about. But there are also stuff like uh, creative Emmys, creative arts Emmys. Uh, there was like a news Emmys as well, or something like that, and that I saw. I don't know if that was yesterday or today. Uh, well, yesterday or the or the day before. And yeah, so there's plenty of other Emmys I could have got into, but I'm that kind of noise to be honest. Uh, so I just focus in on the main quote unquote Emmys. And uh, yeah, so let's get let's let's see what happened because I think I did the nominations way back, way back when, a few months ago. Um, so I had a look at those uh, briefly. So yeah, so let's have a look. So we ha- we'll start with the big ones first. Uh, drama series. Um, yeah, this is wrong. This is completely wrong. So okay, so we had Bear Call Saul, Bodyguard, Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, This Is Us, and Game of Thrones. Which won it? And I'm like, um, so you so so everybody bitched about how the last season of Game of Thrones was trash, but you give them the biggest award of the night. I. I I don't understand that. I understand if you gave them awards, you know, for acting or cinematography or directing, you know, but the the overall show, no, 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 no. You you guys you guys you guys were disappointed. I know this. You guys were disappointed. This shouldn't have happened. Uh, in my mind, it's either Killing Eve or um, well, probably Killing Eve to be honest. I haven't even I've seen Bodyguard. Uh, I haven't seen the rest. So. Uh, but from how you guys talk about maybe Succession and uh, how Americans talk about This Is Us, uh, maybe one of those two. Um, personally, I would have gone for Killing Eve. That's just me. But uh, yeah, Game of Thrones is like way down on that list. I, I don't understand how that one. Uh, lead actress in a drama series. Uh, we had Jodie Comer, Amelia Clark, Violet Davis, Laura Linney, Mandy Moore, Sandra and Robin Wright. And uh, Killing Eve won it for uh, well, Jodie Comer. And um, I found it weird. I find I found this so weird when I watched uh, Killing Eve, and if you've seen Killing Eve, you know what's uh, what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, Jodie Comer's accents. They're so good, and she's Liverpudlian. <laughs> Do you know how much that threw me off when I saw her talking? It was so weird. She's has a she has a thick Scouse accent, but she could talk so well. In like you know Russian accents and French accents and American accents, it's so creepy. It's so weird. I don't know how she does it. How do you go from Liverpudlian to all of those? It's actually a marvel. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised she won it to be honest, because that's absolutely crazy. I was really wondering. I was like, I was like, what what what, what nationality is she actually? Because I didn't I didn't look at, I didn't look her up while watching the show because I just I was I don't know I just didn't. But when I when I heard her talk uh, when she received the award, I was like. Oh wow, she's from Liverpool. I didn't. Oh, that would have been my last ever guess. Trust me, that's crazy. But anyway, continuing on, lead actor in a drama series, Billy Porter for Pose, uh, being our Jason Bateman, Stan K. Brown, Kit Harington, Bob Odenkirk, and Milo Ventimiglia. I, I had to break that down. <laughs> um, so yeah, is uh, Billy Porter the fifth, I think, black man to win this award and uh, first uh, openly. Uh, gay man to put a winner's award as well. Uh, amazing speech, quoting James Baldwin, and um, looking fresh in that hat. <laughs> to be honest, it's a fresh hat, not gonna lie. And uh, yeah, so big up Billy Porter, well well deserved. Uh, supporting actress in a drama series, uh, Julia Garner won for Ozark. I'm not gonna bother doing the uh, uh, nominations now because that's just gonna take long. Um, I haven't seen Ozark, so 
I can't really say much about it. Supporting actor in the drama series, we had Peter Dinklage uh, winning uh, for Game of Thrones, which, you know, makes sense. This is what I'm on about. Like, the performances, I can understand. But the whole show, for the series that happened in the Emmy season, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how it won the overall award. I just, I just really didn't understand it. Uh, writing for a drama series, nobody is ever missing. Uh, succession, succession, written by Jesse Armstrong. Uh, being now so people like Boyle Saul and uh, funny enough a Game of Thrones episode and also a Killing Eve episode um, I haven't seen Succession I've heard the good things about it um, but I just I just I don't know I, I just I have a lot of shows on my list at the moment so uh, that's that'll probably not be watched by me so uh, if, you, if you want me to watch it then say say I should watch it but um, yeah until then I'm not gonna I probably won't bother uh, directing for a drama series Reparations Ozark directed by Jason Bateman who's actually the star of the show so um that's a that's a good that's a, that's a that's a big ups for that. I think that was the one where the meme came out of him being surprised that he won it, um, and it's actually you know quite a surprise because um, the long night of uh, for Game of Thrones for, by uh, uh, Miguel uh, Sapochnik was really hyped, obviously for what for what the episode was, and also the Iron Throne from uh, the la- I think that's the last episode. There's actually three uh, Game of Thrones episodes on here, and out out one two three four five six seven. So. I'd, I wouldn't be. I'm not surprised that Jamie Bateman was surprised that he won it. So that's a so that's a big, 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 big ups by for Jason Bateman there. Uh, comedy series Fleabag uh, won that. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I think that's. I think that was probably the favorite. Uh, being out like Barry, Good Place, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Russian Doll, Shit's Creek, and Veep. Um, I watched Veep. I didn't really enjoy it uh, this particular season because it just got a bit salty for me and it was just a bit depressing. Um, and well, speaking of Fleabag, uh, lead actress in the comedy series Phoebe Waller-Bridge wanted for uh, for Fleabag as well. So uh, I, I guess that keeps up the uh, keeps up the vibe going on there of how uh, good Fleabag is. Um, I saw how many episodes did I see of season one. I don't know if I watched it all, but I watched some. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It just wasn't. Um, I, I just didn't. I don't know. It just, I just didn't find it infectious like um, I guess most people would have. Um, I respect it, and I understand how you know why it's good. And um, uh, but I, I just I don't know. I just didn't really. I just I was I was it didn't really stick to me. It didn't really like you know leech on latch onto me and just go watch me watch me. You know what I mean? Didn't didn't hit me like that. Didn't hit different. <laughs> uh, lead actor in the comedy series Bill Hader for Barry. I ain't seen Barry, so I'm just gonna continue right there. Supporting actor in the comedy series Tony Shalhoub for Marvelous Mrs. Basil. Big up Tony Shalhoub. I've loved Tony Shalhoub. I love Tony Shalhoub. Like Monk is a G show. Uh, yeah, that great, uh, uh, great. Uh, what's, what's the film? Galaxy Quest. <laughs> if you love watch Galaxy Quest, you know what's up. Like it's, that's a G film. Uh, but yeah, big up Tony Shalhoub. Great actor. Great actor. Amazing actor. And uh, Miles and Maisel wins again. Uh, supporting actress in the comedy series Alex Borstein uh, for Miles and Miss Maisel. Um, Obviously, I know her from Family Guy fame, uh, being Lois and other characters. Um, but she had a great speech on there talking about how uh, her uh, grandmother survived the Holocaust and and, and all those and all that. And um, yeah, it was a really good speech. So um, and it actually beat out some good people. Uh, so uh, Olivia Coleman for Fleabag, John Clifford for Fleabag, uh, Marion Hinkle uh, also in Miss Maisel, and also Kate McKinnon for uh, Saturday Night Live. Which um, uh, I, I mean. I don't know how much the Emmys love Saturday Night Live, but um, Kate McKinnon's a great comedy actress. Um, let's just don't sleep. Do, do not sleep on that. Uh, writing for a comedy series, uh, Fleabag won that. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, obviously. Uh, but, you know, mm, 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think yeah, that's probably that probably keeps the status quo, doesn't it? If 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 they're going to win for that, if she's going to win for acting, then she's definitely going to win for writing because she's a writer above everything else. Uh, directing for a comedy series, also Fleabag, uh, Harry Bradbeer, big up for that. Lead actor in a limited series or movie. Here we go, boy, Jarrell Jerome. When they see us, this is it. Excuse the plane. This is it. This is this is the award that I was looking for. I told you when the uh, nominations came out. When They See Us should win every single damn thing for uh, in, in a limited series categories. And uh, this is obviously one. I haven't seen the others, so hopefully it continues. Uh, it probably won't because that's the only one I actually uh, saw. So I'm just going to take a guess and say this is the only one that won it. Uh, but yeah, Jarell Jerome is a beast. Absolute beast. I think he's like 21, 22 year, years old. So it's actually crazy, his acting chops. Uh, obviously, he, uh, I saw him first in Moonlight. Uh, he was, uh, what's Boss Man's name? Uh, what's Boss Man's name? The other dude, uh, the other dude, not, uh, Chiron, but the other dude, um, uh, who, who, when he was a teenager, I forgot his name, so I'm just going to continue. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing performance. He was Corey Wyatt, Corey Wise in both as a youngin and also older, and he just, he just mastered it. He, he, he just completely bossed it, and he was a real shining light on that show. So, um, yeah, the fully deserved beating out Mahershala, the Don Mahershala for True Detective, uh, also, Sam Rockwell, Benicio del Toro, like Hugh Grant, you know Jared Harris, you know these are people that could have won it. Let's be real; they they all could have had a chance to that, uh, but they gave it to when they see us and Gerald Jerome, and I'm completely happy for that. Um, and here comes the bullshit. There you go. Here comes the bullshit. <laughs> Lead actress in the limited series on movie. Michelle Williams wins it for Foster Verdon. Uh, being out, Nisi Nash and Audrey Ellis for when they see us. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying when they see us, should have won it for all of it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it 100 for you. Uh, limited series Chernobyl. Okay, I understand why you pick why these guys pick Chernobyl because obviously that was the most hyped uh, show critically uh, for the, this year. Uh, but still, when they see us, I'm sorry. Still, when they see us, I'm gonna I'm, I will watch Chernobyl. I still have it on my planner. I really I really will watch it. I just don't know when because <laughs> they, they keep it's it's the fall. It's it's the it's the autumn now. It's it's not summer anymore. Summer's dead. And you know that's when the, that's when the good TV comes out. So it's just gonna it's just gonna snowball from here. And, uh, hopefully, I can find some time to watch a novel because I really want to see how what the hype is about. But at this point, I'm just gonna keep saying when they see us. To be honest, uh, supporting actress in limited series, uh, Patricia Arquette won for the act being out. Uh, well, well, you know what, Vera Farmiga for when they see us, and uh, Marsha Stephanie Blake for when they see us. I understand. I understand why you would pick Patricia Arquette. But I'm going to still pick the way they see us. <laughs> uh, supporting actor in a limited series of movie, Ben Whishaw, uh, for Very English Scandal. Now, this I don't agree with. Um, you have Michael K. Williams, you have John Leguizamo, Stellan Skarsgård in the Chernobyl, and also Asante Black for when they see us. I mean, come on. I'm sorry. A Very English Scandal. Stop it. Stop, stop, stop. Pause. Pause on that. And let's continue on. Directing for a limited series, movies or dramatic special, Chernobyl. Okay, fine, sure, but when they see us, it's directed by Avi Duvernay, so <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna say that. But anyway, uh, big up jo uh, Johan Rink for that a win. Writing uh, is Chernobyl again. Don't agree. Should be part four of when they see us, but hey ho. Directing for a variety series, Saturday Night Live, uh, Don Roy King competition, RuPaul's Drag Race, TV movie, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which uh, completely makes sense. I understand that. 
uh, as long as uh, uh, the Exxon Civil War didn't win, fucking hell, what shambles that was. Uh, variety Sketch Series, Saturday Night Live, as always, it's always Saturday Night Live. Variety Talk Show, this is actually always very uh, uh, contested, because obviously in the US there are a lot of late night talk shows. Uh, so this one, this was one by last week tonight with John Oliver being out. Uh, Daily Show, Full Frontal, uh, uh, Samantha B, Jimmy Kimmel, James Corden, and also Stephen Colbert. So uh, big up to John Oliver co- continuing to dominate on that front. Uh, he also won for writing as well. well. His writing team won that as well. So uh, uh, big ups on that front. And yeah, so that's um, oh, that is it. That is it. So that, there you go. That's the Emmys right there. Um, yeah, obviously all my attention was on when they see us and the fact that the only one won. Out of all of them, is is a big no for me. Sorry, I'm, I'm, it's a big no. Um, I understand why Chernobyl is well was so critically acclaimed. I get it, and I get it why you would give them the awards here. But there is a there is a cultural there is a cultural um, weight that when they see us has that cannot be cannot be matched. It cannot it cannot be challenged. It really can't. Um, and I put weight on that. I, I really do put significant weight on that. I put it on how I felt about it. Um, you know, from a from a, a what's the word? Um, uh, from a from a personal perspective, I guess. You know, watching if when I watch Chernobyl, I you know I'm gonna see it as a I'll probably see it as a great piece of drama. You know, with a with them with a you know obviously using it from a um, factual perspective based on a true story. But you know. So it was when they see us, and there was uh, there was some amazing elements to all of it, and I just I just I, w- I would never hold I would never, you know, if if I watch Chernobyl, you know what I'll say this. I'm going to watch Chernobyl with a complete objectivity, and you know you guys are just going to, have to trust me on that front. But if I if if I do watch it and I find it better than when they see us, I will tell you. But I will also tell you if it isn't, and you know. You know what I'm thinking. I'm I'm gonna have a bias when I watch it, but I'm gonna try very hard not to. I'm not gonna have uh, when they see us in my head when I watch it. To be honest, uh, but you know, once I come out of that, I'm gonna start thinking of when they see us, and I'm just gonna be like, I'm just gonna be weighing it up, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens on that front. But anyway, that was the Emmys, and uh, you know, predictable in most senses. Uh, Fleabag winning the Game of Thrones, uh, winning most uh, won most of the most of those. Um, I I, st- I still find Game of Thrones winning the big cheese uh, prize, the the jewel in the crown, is just absurd to me. Like not even Game of Thrones fans would have picked Game of Thrones for best drama series. But um, other than that, pretty predictable. But um, anyway, you know, this is your weekly reminder that when this year is the best TV show of this year. go to our well last topic of the, of the week of the of the episode uh where we talk about uh i'm going to talk about this particular i just found this um i just found this article via metro it's kind of an interview of sorts um and i just found it very fascinating uh, so it's called mixed up if white people love hip-hop why the hell can't we love rock music um excuse me this is um this is covering this is basically like a profile 
of uh, Sophie K, who's a DJ and a breakfast show presenter at Kerrang Radio. Um, she has Ugandan, British, and Polish heritage, and uh, this is via Natalie Morris, a senior lifestyle reporter for Metro. So I just found it very fascinating because I saw the I saw the he- excuse me headline several times, and I was just like, all right, fine, I'll, you you not keep sharing it to me, so I'm going to give it a read. And uh, yeah, so let's get into this because um, obviously you know obviously when I talk about hip hop, it's it's very from a very um, culturally natural place. You know, it's, it, 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 there's a there's a there's a root there that I can that I can grab onto, and you know, rock is also rock and roll was black, first, F- first and foremost it was. So obviously the roots are a bit harder to find these days, considering that rock and roll was completely uh, well whitewashed by Elvis. Um, big up Public Enemy for um, uh, hailing that fact all the time, and you know. And you know you see it now, and there's not many, there's not many black rock stars, um, and and that's just that's, I guess that's just how it's gone, but um, just a, just a note that just a, just a note to you that rock and roll was black first. Just saying. So, uh, but let's get into this. Uh, um, yeah, start here. So, quote from quote from Sophie here. Uh, My mother was from Uganda and was spotted spotted by somebody from the fashion industry who brought her over to the UK. Explains Sophie. She had to- she had a totally unusual look for the time in this country and brought an androgyny that the catwalks didn't really have. My father, who was half Polish and half British, is from Huddersfield. He moved down to London for to further his education, and my parents met at a party. They would often get racist abuse thrown at them, especially since people often couldn't tell what gender my mother was. Uh, my mum used to say, uh, fuck em. She wasn't someone who got angry about racism. I think it was so normal for her that she just had to pretend she didn't care for her own sanity. Self-acceptance for Sophie took some time, sparked by a feeling of alienation from both sides of her family. Uh, these emotions manifested as a kind of self-disgust. Uh, luckily, that didn't last. As a child, I hated my skin, she tells us. Uh, some days I would pray that my that I could that I could be black, that maybe it, maybe it wouldn't make me lovable to my black family. On other days I would pray to be white so that I could belong with my British family and not always feel like the outsider. All I ever wanted was to belong. However, in 2019, well, I love it. We are all a mix of our parents. Mine just happens to have different skin colours. Being mixed uh, represents the union between races. Being mixed represents me and uh, the complex history I have had on this planet. I have a big black ass and curly wavy hair. Being mixed race to me is being whatever the hell you identify with and not letting people put you in the other box, quote unquote, other box, uh, because they feel you don't belong in their heritage. Never has Sophie felt this sense of otherness more keenly than the professional sphere. She loves the world of rock and feels firmly as though she belongs as part of this music-loving family. But she also also felt that breaking into this scene was made exp- exponentially harder because she didn't look like everyone else. The people who hold the keys to jobs in this world are not usually that open, says Sophie. Being a black woman is hard in rock, but a woman of colour? Let's just say I didn't get to where I am through luck, nepotism or listening, when someone said no. I had to fight damn hard to get here, and that makes me so proud. A download festival in 2014, a young black girl ran up to me and asked for a hug. She said, I didn't expect anyone here to look like me, 
and damn, that cut me deep. It fueled me. People need to feel they belong where whatever their gender, race, orientation. That is so important to me. Contrary to outdated beliefs, black and mixed race people are multifaceted and can have a multitude of interests and passions outside of stereotypical norms. Sophie says says she wants to uh, she wants people to understand this multiplicity and not make snap dis- uh, assumptions purely because she doesn't fit the typical mold of a rock fan. I go to gigs and I see so many uh, black mixed faces. I nearly hugged a black goth stranger the other day because I was so excited, said Sophie. We are people like every- anyone else. If white people love hip-hop, why the hell can't we love rock? We are constantly being put in a box and I feel like my choices are limited by the representations we see on screen. Yes, there is more representation now, but it's through a white lens. I am offered the choice of looking through a girl... Uh, of looking like a girl in a hip-hop video, an arty African queen, or in streetwear. All are awesome, but they are not me. Sophie thinks it's important to show the next generation that they can be anything they want. If you want to be a geek, you do you. If you are cute and arty, you don't have to look like Zoe Deschanel. To achieve true equality as people of colour, we have to stop being seen as stereotypes. It isn't only white people who have complexity and nuance to their personalities, and this needs to be shown. Especially for darker-skinned women. Don't get me started on that. She grew, Sophie grew up in a small flat in Camberwell. She moved to Uganda with her parents when she was 10, and they wanted to start a business. Her memories of that time are pretty traumatic. I hated it, she says. My mother was an alcoholic, and because she was quite abusive towards me, her family was were even worse. I was treated like an outcast and regularly mocked in a language I didn't speak. By contrast, my grandmother on my dad's side was kind of kind and loving, so at 16 I moved back to the UK. I identify with different qualities of both sides of my heritage. I guess I'm more British because this is my home. From the food to the humour to all the rain, I love being English. I would say that I identify more with African blackness rather than being Ugandan. It was too different from the UK for me. However, I need to chat with an African if I want to someone if I want someone to identify with fitting these thighs and and bum into a pair of high street jeans made for European women. Uh, Sophie has experienced racism, as most people of colour in the UK will have at some point in their lives. Sophie's strongest memories of experiencing direct hostility come from her childhood. I remember getting shouted at when I was in the supermarket by a cashier. I was told to stop, quote, harassing the nice family. But it was, own, but it was my own family, says Sophie. Jesus. I was told I should get back and mind my own business. My grandma didn't hear uh, because she was a bit deaf, so I just stood back and cried when I got home. A lot of racism has come from people with darker skin than mine. However, as I am older, I have learned to process, uh, process that as uh, as inherited color that as inherited colorism that is ingrained in society. We are taught to hate each other, so we don't band together and focus on the real racism problem. With white people, it has been more institutional, even down to the fact that I got screwed over when buying a flat due to racism. Although. I have been pinned down by the neck in a shop when they, while they checked to see if I had stolen any clothes because I was trying on a dress from the designer range. Jesus, wow. Okay, <laughs> I can know. I've never, no, you know, this, this. I'm just stopping right here. Um, there comes a time when <sighs> there's sometimes where I just see a a con uh, where like uh, uh, hear a story like that, and I'm just like, wow, fucking hell. <laughs> Like, like you think you think it's bad, and then someone just gives you a story where it's just a hundred times worse and just 
so much more um, either violent or confrontational. And I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. Who are these people? Who are these people? Why are you batting down someone's neck because they're trying on a dress? Jesus, just stop them. It, I mean, the fact that the fact that they're hailing her up is, you know, racism at first sight. But the fact that they just escalated that to searching her and patting her down and, like, you know, grabbing her by the neck, basically, and going, like, you know, and, and patting her down, that's just, that's just unreasonable. That is just unreasonable. If you want to stop her, stop her, right? Um, I'm going to question the reason why you're stopping her in the first place. But even in that, like, is there any... Po- wow. Wow, what an escalation. Absolutely unnecessary. Um, let me just... Uh, well, actually... Uh, we're, no, we're nearly done anyway. So let's let's just get let's just get into the more uh, the more more of a quotes than anything. Uh, I love my mum and thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world. So when I see black women, I think they are strong and beautiful, whether they are skinny or thick with the uh, two C's, thick, uh, have natural hair and or are tall or short. I probably don't have that uh, lineage with other races, if I'm completely honest. The hardest thing for me was often the hatred that I was treated with. I remember in uh, Man- in Manchester, a girl attacked me and my mixed friend be- in a club because we thought we were too nice. What? I wish I could sit down, uh, sit that girl down and say, actually, I was crippled with self-hatred and doubt because I didn't belong. I wasn't afforded the opportunity to have my own race struggles because I was always quote-unquote lucky. All the white people, all the while, white people were calling me black, and black people were calling me white. Our day-to-day struggles are closer to black heritage than they are to white, and yet the truth of our struggles are often seen as not having any value. Sophie loves being mixed and sees it as an integral part of who she is. I love that being mixed has given me deeper empathy for the world and the inequality within it. I love that I am mixed in a time where I can be who I want to be, and I love that I came from a black woman. Yeah, so this is obviously well. Actually, I'm really glad that I read this. I'm really glad that I was put onto this because this is actually quite a um, fascinating story. And you know, in some ways, one you know, I, I wouldn't say I, I don't want to say I've heard it before, but you know, as a mixed race person myself, you know, I completely I relate to well, not some, not all of them because I haven't been pinned down in a fucking H and M or anything, anything like that. Um, but you know, from the social, from how society sees me, uh, there is there is definitely relation to that. You know, there was a lot of times in high school and also in primary school, actually, um, especially in, actually in primary school, right? There were times where I didn't even where people racialized me and put the label on me, whether I was you know mixed or black or white, whatever, whatever they thought I was. Or however they saw me as, um, I was I was given labels before I even understood my race or what my, what the color of my skin even meant to society. You know, even in primary school, I just did, I just didn't know. I was just a you. You know what I mean? I'm just a kid. Like I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be a kid. You know what I mean? I I, I, I wasn't I wasn't setting out to be anything. You know, from at that point, but people were already labeling me, and I just found that. In hindsight, now looking back at it, just so crazy and fascinating, of just how some people just uh, I don't know, just so quick to judge, I guess. And in high school, it was more, it was more of a battle because uh, there were times when uh, it was at a point where 
I didn't know what I wanted to be. I really had, you know, I think I think most mixed race people, or even, well, actually, not even, it's not even just to mixed race people, it's to, you know, black people as well. Um, it's to it's to many it's to many people of 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 color. Identity is really something that is hard to grasp, um, and you don't want to label yourself, but you also want to have the identity and wear that. Sometimes you know you you want to, you want to wear it in a way that it makes you feel. It makes you feel like an individual, or even part of a group, or even in in your own, or just in a space. You always want to try and find that identity for yourself, and it was very hard for me personally in high school to try and find it because there were a lot of people giving it to me, and I'm just trying. I'm going, guys, stop! I'm trying to sort myself out. I don't even know what I want. Uh, I don't even know what I want to be in terms of identity. You know what I mean? I don't know what I want. Uh, you know, to have on my <laughs> to to like you know Charlie Taylor, he is this. You know what I mean? I don't know what he is this. I don't know what happens after that. I I didn't know for a while until maybe about six six form to be honest. It took me a while. It took me till I was about sixteen seventeen uh, to find my to actually create an identity for myself and be comfortable with why why I am and stuff like that. But even through high school, through throughout most of those years, I was Oreo, coconut. Um, those just those those two especially just um, it it just it, it was just so easy, it was just so easy for people to just slap that on, you know. Like, well, well, you don't listen to gigs, you know. What I mean, stuff like that. It's, it's just like, you know, it's just how it's just how it was. Right? Um, and it's annoying. And I don't know why I've made this so much about myself because um, you know. Sophie K's story is actually very intriguing and uh, very interesting. And uh, if you want to go read that, uh, obviously um, go uh, look up the uh, link in the description. But um, yeah, I just wanted to give a personal, I guess, anecdote to it because I, I, I really do relate in 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 a lot of cases as it pertains to Sophie K. And uh, I'm glad that I I'm glad that I actually excuse me I'm glad that I read it. Um, I'm glad that I read it and I'm glad that I put it put it out there. So uh, and actually. Um, <laughs> Funny enough, uh, links to uh, the 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 plan, the secret plan I'm trying to do uh, for October. So uh, if that happens, you'll know exactly why I'm talking about it right now. But uh, yeah, here's a here's a fascinating here's a fascinating thing being being mixed race. So now we get to the last thing of the episode, and uh, it's actually an interview um, with a friend of uh, 5e. Uh, so this is a rapper, lyricist that I uh, interviewed last last year in April, I think. It was around springtime. And he was uh, initially at that point in Colorado, and uh, just uh, kind, of, kind, of, kind of starting out in a, in a way, and now he's uh, in L.A., doing his things and is about to drop a project in a in a few in well in a in a couple of weeks um so yeah he uh, hit me up and uh, i said uh, well he wanted basically another interview basically and i was just like yeah man it's, it's if you, i'll do i'll do you one better let's chop it up on what's good and uh, we can do it via that so uh, we did we chopped it up we had a good conversation about his uh, year 2019 so far because he's done a lot in this in this particular year 
and uh, his plans for the future. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to drop this interview right here and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. This is my chat with uh, Rise, well, formerly Rise to Rebel, but now he just goes simply by Rise. Hope you enjoy. Rise the Rebel, what is good, sir? Actually, it's, is it Rise now? Have you deleted the Rebel? Yes, it's uh, it's just Rise now. Um, made it a little bit more simple. Okay, what what happened there? What happened there? What happened um, there? You've, uh, you've have you have you um, subverted to the system? Have you I given mean, in? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm still uh, I'm still the Rebel, you know. But um, I felt like Rise was just okay, a, uh, okay. a better representation. Um, you know, that's kind of what the music is. That's kind of what I'm trying to represent. It's just that. Uh, that drive to rise, man. Rise above, rise and conquer. So. All right, no. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like I, hear that, right I hear there. that, I hear that, I hear that. I hear that, I hear that for sure, for sure. Um, So, so when we, when we had our initial interview, it was, uh, I think, last year, wasn't it? Last year, around April, springtime. Yeah, it's crazy. Time flies, man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't I know it? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so it's been over a been over a year since our last chat so i think the biggest i think change of news for you personally uh, that i've clocked to recently is uh, that you've you've moved from colorado to uh so i mean that's a, that's a obviously a big move so how's that change been for you personally moving to la yeah <clears throat> i mean uh i'm really enjoying it so far i'm still kind of kind of just finished settling in over here um it definitely took a little bit longer than expected but it was uh, it was time to do it because Colorado is definitely uh, a great home and uh, was a great starting platform, but mm. you can only take it so far um, in a place yeah. like Colorado. So I felt like it was time for a, a bigger stage, take it to the so, next level, you know? Yeah. So were you thinking about moving to LA like for a, a while or was it just I woke up one day and I wanted to go to LA or <laughs> how, how, how was that thought process? How yeah. I mean, it was it was a thought that was tossed around for a couple years, really. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it finally got to the point where we kind of finished our local circuit. Um, mm. We were having a bunch of fun in Colorado, but the show season ends, you know. Um, and I had another buddy, my engineer, um, Evan, who's uh, cruised out here with me. Um, he cruised out a few months earlier to do some film work and uh, just mm. kind of scoped everything out and came back and was like, it's, uh, it's where we want to be, man. So, oh, so he, he, came, yeah, he, he, came out, he came out and scouted for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he scouted it out a little bit. Um, so that was legit. And uh, yeah, man, it just sounded like the right move and the right time. Um, decided to just pull the trigger, you know. Oh. Buckled down for about three months and put together what I needed, and yeah, kind of just went for it. Oh, that's what's up. Um, so obviously we're here particularly for um, a new project you'll drop in soon, I assume. Uh, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, obviously you've yeah. dropped uh, you've dropped a few. You've actually dropped a few, uh, I guess, EPs in the past, uh, especially here. Um, Colors, Trona, Classics, and. Uh, What's the other one? Uh, late night sessions. So, uh, I mean, the output, yeah, the night output, night. <laughs> the output's definitely there. You ain't wasted much time, I'll tell you. Yeah, definitely not. It's uh, it's only kind of just ramping up now. Um, I'm kind of finally finding my pace. I feel like, um, and yeah, I'm just trying to stay consistent with it. I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. 
Okay, cool. In the recent, obviously, um, in the recent, like, uh, I guess, output, and uh, obviously it's uh, it's um, been a, f- a few so far. Uh, is what's the what's um, well, I know the reason for it in terms of uh, you know, obviously trying to keep keep up the pace, but. Is that a, is that going to is there is there ever a time for I guess um, in your artistry where you have to I guess take time between things or is it literally just straight to the next thing? Um, <clears throat> it's become a little bit more of a balancing act because uh, you know after a few few more years doing it, um, I feel like I finally understand how much time everything takes. And uh, I finally built up a team that that kind of allows me to work on creating new music while things are getting mixed and mastered. Um, but I guess yeah, there is there is going to be a time um, where I'm going to have to focus on some other things. Obviously, when uh, some mm-hmm. more of these shows start coming in um, in the next month or two here, that's going to be the main focus. But that's also part of the reason for so much output. I want to make sure that I really am sitting on you know enough to play mm. uh, three completely different shows, you know, back to back if I need okay. to, so that I've always got something unique. Um, so yeah, but definitely not planning on taking more than like three months, you know what I mean? Between, uh, between putting out new stuff. Yeah, yeah. So trying to keep it consistent. I feel like what, what three, f- three months in between projects. Yeah. That's the goal. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I've been doing my best <laughs> to just stay ahead of myself with it, you know, so, I mean, I got this project coming out October 7th, but, um, you know, I'm also yeah. working on 13, 13 more tracks that are, that are lined up for after that. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a consistent stream for a good little while here. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, well, you know, as long as you, as long as you got that schedule going, I guess, uh, I guess, I guess uh, you've done, well, you've obviously been doing it so far uh, to a success, which is, um, obviously always worth uh, a pat on the back for yourself. Um, you, I remember you said uh, during our initial interview a year ago that you're kind of a well, practically a perfectionist, I guess. Um, with the fact that you've got a team now and you've got people around you to help you, uh, obviously, um, I guess in a in a way speed up the process. Uh, my, my, I guess most of it more likely from and everything else. Uh, that's not lyricism, but has he has he. How, has the perfectionism is that is that I guess still there or is um, actually let me rephrase that is it still have you are other people around you do they have that I guess same uh, perfectionist way of of you uh, that you have with uh, your own work I guess absolutely um, or is that like is that a prerequisite I guess yeah I mean I mean that's really the only way that it works um, because you know. <laughs> When you're dealing with perfectionists, uh, it can get irritating sometimes, especially, you know, if you're in the studio with me and I'm trying yeah. to take <laughs> 15 takes yeah. to get this uh, this one one inflection perfect. Um, you know, I mean, and it's not just the lyricism. It definitely is starting to evolve more into the sound, too. Um, and so, you know, I do, I do my best to keep the perfectionist elements. Um, but this year has also been a lot more about expansion for me as well. Um, and kind of expanding on the style a bit, getting a little bit more melodic mm. and uh, putting some more vocals mm. into things. Um, mm. I feel like that's going to really allow me to branch out into uh, even better lyricism. So 
I obviously have to uh, be a little bit patient with myself as well while I'm uh, still kind of nailing down those skills. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do remember in the interview you said that, that uh, the biggest criticism you got for your for the EP we uh, covered initially was uh, obviously everything was too choppy, like a uh, chopper style, and obviously uh, too fast. Which yeah. you know is is it's a it's a required taste for obviously uh, some people. Not, not everyone likes it. Some people do. Um, I think it more. I think it more is it's it's more interesting watching it happen when someone does it live I've, um, I've seen a well actually funny enough <laughs> a bit, I'm actually going to see Ocean Wisdom next uh, in November because uh, you obviously uh, re- recently put, uh, we put uh, we, if, if people, people that didn't uh, read the interview uh, Rise put uh, Ocean Wisdom is in, in his top 5 right now and literally at the same around that same time I actually got into Ocean Wisdom for the first time and listened to his album so uh, I found that quite. I found that quite interesting. I found that quite interesting and quite uncanny. But yeah, li- literally, funny enough, uh, Ocean Wisdom comes back in the conversation again. I'm actually seeing in a couple of months, so um, I'm excited to see that, that kind man, of uh, that kind that kind of pace live. Um, but anyway, so let's get into um, let's get into a couple of the projects that obviously you've dropped uh, re- uh, in the past year. So the first one, if I'm correct, is well. You had a single, obviously, but uh, in sevens. But uh, the first project EP was uh, the Colors, was it? Yeah, the Colors EP. Yeah, um, the Colors. Uh, you and was, uh, Alec, right? Yeah. Yeah, me and my boy Alex. Uh, that was that was a a transitional project. Um, that that project was put together kind of while I was in the process of uh, putting together what I needed to move to LA. Um, mm. It was the first project that I wrote, like, completely in the studio. Okay. Um, you know, I usually will sit with beats and work with them for a little while before just throwing it down. But that project kind of came out on the fly. Um, it was all written in the studio, all recorded on the spot after it was written. And um, I don't know. I think it was a project, too, that kind of helped me realize that I wanted to expand... Um, a little bit more on what I was doing past just the lyricism. Mm. I feel like that's a big benefit in collaborating with people is you learn how to uh, make your styles work together well. Mm. And in the process of doing that, you learn how to expand your own style as well. So, so how did yeah, that was kind of the colors EP for me. Oh, apologies. Uh, <laughs> didn't want to step on your toes, but um, how did, uh, I guess Alex's style, uh, obviously significantly different from yours. How did, how did he, uh, his style, uh, I guess, um, did it force you to evolve or like how, how was that? How was that mesh period? I guess. Yeah, I guess it just forced me to, uh, to meet in the middle a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. he's definitely got a melodic, soulful, um, you know, R and B influenced style. And, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I came more out of a, a pretty underground, uh, lyrical style. Mm-hmm. And so trying to put the two of those together, um, you know, I, I just tried to add a little bit more melody to my lyricism and, uh, you know, he added more lyricism to, uh, to the melodies and things that he already had going. And so I think it was of great benefit for both of us to be able to kind of, uh, you know, switch lanes for a second. So I think collaboration is always, um, I think, needed for some, for, well, not all artists, I guess, but it's always... Um, I guess helpful to see different flavors of how stuff is done. You said that um, your process changed from uh, 
from how you usually do it? What was the process beforehand, and uh, what was the process in that uh, in that particular space? How was that? How was it different? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely done collaborative projects before, um, but it's usually like on my end of it, it's still done solo. You know, so I would always take the beats home. Um, I'd kind of get in my zone, mm-hmm. figure out what I wanted to put down. And obviously, if you're collaborating with someone, you, you might talk about topics and kind of the vibe or the mood that you're going for. Um, but within those guidelines, obviously, you know, I'd kind of take that to myself and put something together and then come back to the studio. They'd have something together and, and then we'd kind of throw that down. Um, and that, that worked as well. But I feel like I didn't get the same experience of um, being able to like, I guess, like, learn new things Mm. from the people I was collaborating with when we did it that way. Um, And so actually being in the studio, collaborating, putting the music together on the spot, um, that was was kind of the biggest change because it allowed me to adapt what I was doing um, to, to more match the vibe of the room, whereas previously, you know, it might be more of what I would have done normally yeah. on, on my own okay for know? sure um yeah so actually just so let's move on to the uh next project which was uh trona what was 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 that um i guess the uh why that name i guess because uh, i've actually don't know what it is so yeah <laughs> uh, on, trona, uh, trona park <laughs> it's actually uh it's actually like a, a park area out here okay um where you can kind of go and camp you know, people might go out there and uh, and shred it up if you got motorcycles and things. But we went out for a little trip out there, um, and we're kind of just inspired by the experience. And so uh, that that's kind of where the name for that came from. It's just how we were feeling at the time. Um, we kind of just landed in L.A. and we're we're checking out the area a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like I wanted to lay some heavier bars down, and that was that was kind of just the mood for Trona, you know. Okay. So is that is that your <clears throat> go-to place now in the, in LA? <laughs> Not necessarily. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of cool little spots I've found that I'm vibing with. But if I'm trying to get out in nature, um, which was kind of the intention for Trona, it was still winter time when we got out here, so yeah. it was a little bit cold to try and uh, <laughs> go out somewhere that was a little bit more mountainous. So I was like, well, we could uh, we could go out to Trona Trona Park um, and at least get outside a little bit. Yeah. So that's where we went instead. Uh- Oh, that's what's up. Uh, next one was uh, classics. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, the word itself is obviously very uh, loaded in hip hop terms. But um, how? What was that? What was that particular EP about for you? Yeah, uh, I mean, classics. I was working with a couple of new producers, um, and they were hitting me with uh, just a, a little bit more of an old school, a little bit more of a boom bap vibe, and I was really, mm. uh, I was digging it. Um, and yeah, kind of wanted to see what I could do with uh, trying to take it a little bit back to the roots, um, more so the style that I come from. Um, and so, you know, I've been definitely uh, dropping a lot more uh, like 808 influenced music mm-hmm. lately, a lot more trap style hip hop. Um, and so classics was kind of kind of my little uh, my little BAP influenced project for the year so far. That's good. It's it's trying to get back in touch with yeah. That. It's obviously always good to I guess um, go back to the roots in in some in some form or fashion. Um, how was the uh, how was the I guess having new producers? How different is that in terms of uh, workflow? Because I find I would I obviously I'm not nice, so I, I would find that obviously very. 
like a uh, what's the word uh, like a breaking period uh, for for shoe terminology like a breaking period but how how was there any like a, a breaking period for you or was it um, just a matter of like um, obviously meshing with I other mean, producers or what how was how was that yeah i mean i think it was just a, an addition of the expansion that i've been going for this year um obviously working with uh different different producers who are bringing different things to the table also allows me to uh you know play around a little bit more with what i can bring to the table that's different um and you know some of these people i just had send me things without really requesting anything in particular (laughs) and i think that was really good for me too because uh there was a couple things that i struggled with um but then when i finished I realized that I really enjoyed and that were really unique. Um, and it definitely brought something out of me that I, I normally don't go for those types of beats. Mm. I normally don't come out with those types of rhyme schemes or styles. And so, um, yeah, I think that was really beneficial to work with, with new producers who are going to push me to uh, go in new directions as well. Um, and then, you know, with this, uh, with this newest project that's coming, it's kind of a balance of that too. So just trying yeah. to... Uh, evolve i guess yeah it's the biggest the biggest thing that the new producers are brought to the table and yeah i guess you could call that a a breaking point if you if you're looking at it in a good way um you know we're kind of breaking into new waters so (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) uh you said there were struggles um what was what was the specifics of those and obviously you find a bit of um Looking back here is more of a positive thing because obviously forced you to evolve in a way. But what were those? What were those particular struggles at the at that at, the, at that point of recording? Um, you know, I guess struggles maybe isn't the right word for it. Um, blockades. It's just the first time in a yeah, some some blockades. Um, <laughs> Hurdles to go. I haven't run into quite as much. Um, yeah, you could say these songs definitely took me longer to complete than I expected them to. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was worth it, you know? It was worth the extra time. That's yeah, for sure. And, the, well, the most recent one, uh, until the until the, the more recent one coming up October, is the Late Night Sessions. Uh, I like, um, and yeah, I like the uh, visuals for these. Uh, just a little, little note for you. I really enjoyed the, the visuals for these. Obviously... You seemed uh, obviously outside the city, and uh, the city was basically in the background and stuff like that. And I found that I found that uh, I found that particular visual very always very striking, um, kind of like the world is yours kind of vibe. To quote Nart, to quote Nars. So, what was yeah. the um, what was the inspiration, yeah. I guess, behind late night sessions? Um, I guess the inspiration behind that was uh, really kind of the feeling of uh, mm. settling into the city a little bit more. Um, obviously the first few months here was a lot of grind, um, and a lot of just trying to get everything together and late night sessions was, uh, a little bit more of the arrival. We we got time to go out and check out the scenery and, and yeah, those visuals came from, I think, feeling a little bit more on top of the city. Um, and at the same time, it's, it also, it was late night sessions. Um, you know, all, all those songs were recorded between like eight to three in the morning because um, we had other things to do during the day <laughs> my kind of time. stretched for time <laughs> yeah exactly um and so it was uh it was definitely like a an inspired project um but something that we didn't have as much mm-hmm. time as we would have liked to to put together so we uh we had to make time late night <laughs> late night sessions 
Amen. Go put, go put, go, go put. Find that if you ain't, if you ain't got time, find it. <laughs> you gotta make that time. Yeah. I feel, I feel that. I feel that all too well. I feel that all too well. Um, so we get to obviously the uh, uh, the your latest project coming through. Uh, what do you say? What do you say it was October seventh, right? Yeah, October seventh. Okay, cool. Um, you have a yeah, name for it, isn't it? De- debut, is it? Debut. Yeah. Um, yeah. Debut. This is. Debut. Uh, so what? Why, why called debut? Uh, I, I guess the, the, the intention for debut um, is because I feel like I'm kind of finally just coming into my own. Um, you know, coming back to that uh, idea of perfectionism, I feel like for a long time I've made music that I like, but there's always these little bits and pieces that bug me that I'm picking apart, you know, this or that. Um, yeah. De- debut, I guess, is the first project that I put out where I'm like, you know what, I'm uh, I'm really happy with this. I'm really satisfied with this, and so uh, it's like I'm here. This the this the first one. From here, it's only going up. You know, it's debut. That's what's up. Um, you gave me uh some of the some of the work of of that project. Um, uh, I won't name names, but I will say that there were there were a couple of tracks I was I was uh, proper vibing to um for for me personally. So uh just uh I don't know I don't know, I guess uh <laughs> congratulations on that front. <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed a few tracks on that. <laughs> yeah. Um Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so what was the um obviously obviously there were there were a couple of um I would say uh uh lyric wise there were some where I was, uh, it did. I, I would, I would understand why you called it debut in that fashion, because there were the, the. I think uh, one of the tracks uh, it was, uh, you obviously mentioning coming out to LA and getting acclimatized to that, and uh, and talking about other things as uh, in terms of um, getting used to and stuff like that. So, what I guess the question is, what is, um, what is the message apart from I am here, uh, which is obviously what the what people get from the word debut in context. What are, what other things, if any, are there for you uh, when this when putting out this piece of work and saying uh, the messages uh, further messages behind all these? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's the other uh, important piece with with debut as well, um, as I feel like I've always been pretty lyrical on mm-hmm. previous projects. Um, but I think debut jumps a little bit deeper into uh, who I am. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that's that's definitely a big part of uh, what I was trying to portray in debut. Um, you know, I want to give people something um, a little bit more insightful, uh, you know, and I feel like all the time I've spent building up the lyrics, uh, um, you know, the years behind that is is the way of uh, really portraying myself um, and my opinions, and my beliefs uh, in a way that's uh, enjoyable, you know, because there's going to be a flair to it. But moving forward, I want to uh, keep it more real is the main focus. That's what's up. Um, you said uh, how many how many actually actually how many tracks are going to be going to be on this? Because obviously the EPs had a. A mix between like I don't know eight and three. So what were you thinking in terms of numbers? Yeah, debut. Uh, we were originally thinking it was going to be a little bit of a larger project, mm. um, but I ended up finishing up these five songs and I uh, just listened through them a few times and uh, I decided it was done. 
I decided that's uh, kind of where that, that needed to be. Okay. So this one's just going to be a, a five track, you know, you can call it an EP if you want. <laughs> I mean, it's up, I mean, it's up um, to you. <laughs> it's, it's your project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm calling it an EP. Um, I feel like the, the bar of mixtape has been uh, raised from what the previous definition okay. was pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the debut EP. Um, five tracks, short and yeah. sweet. I feel like it's uh, just enough to get a, a good little taste of uh, kind of what's coming next. Uh, that's what's up. I mean, it's a funny. You say, it's funny you say that in terms of what I think uh, you call an EP or a mixtape because I've been I've been racking my brain the past like month uh, in terms of what. Sometimes I listen to albums and they're actually not albums; they're mixtapes. And sometimes it it just annoys me because. So people say like on publications or just on Twitter or whatever, oh, listen, it's a new album. And I'm like, it's not an album, it's a mixtape. But sometimes you just don't even, <laughs> right. sometimes, like you said, mixtapes have been upgraded to so much these days. Like it's, it, it, you might as well call it an album yeah. most of the time. So I, 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 it, it, it annoys me so much that you can't, that people can't uh, correctly say what the friggin' thing is. I, I don't know why it annoys me so much, but it just, it just ugh, ugh, I don't know, just... It just I, it grinds my gears, my boy. It, it grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, it, it's kind of funny how it's changed over the years. Cause I mean, for me, a mixtape now is like, this is like a master project. You know, it's like I put in fifteen tracks that I crafted mm. and I'm really standing mm. behind, but it's still a free project. So you, you know what I mean? It's still yeah. a mixtape, but yeah, it's still gonna be studio album quality. So you, you could call it an album. Um, <laughs> I guess I consider album more so like the next level beyond that, you know. Yeah. If you're going for awards yeah. and things like yeah, that, it's like exactly. Okay, I mean, that's that's albums. the point. That's usually that's usually how it is, and you see studio album, and obviously people put a lot of marketing effort if you if they're signed in terms of just like uh, you know this is my debut album, and they put so much hype into it stuff like that and uh, most of the time it just sounds like they're mixtapes and it's and it's not that's not to you know their work it's just how it is because so, people put so much effort into mixtapes these days but um i've actually uh, just re- just literally for this um question in terms of um obviously we're living in terms of the music landscape obviously everything is obviously everything streaming um not much emphasis on physicals and more even more emphasis in uh, merchandising and so uh, especially touring so I'm wondering uh, how as an artist obviously in this um, particular world and having knowledge of how it used to be uh, how do you I guess navigate this particular world of uh, this world of streaming um, it doesn't have to be from a monetary standpoint even though I'm hinting at that just in general I guess for you how is how is it um how is it for you yeah well i mean i think you just said it already um it is it is a balance between those three things um between between the streaming which definitely can be very lucrative um you know if if you get a really strong following and i feel like part of that is putting out a strong um platform of music for people to listen to and sit Mm -hmm. on um but Mm -hmm. it is also touring and playing shows consistently um and it is also having a solid branding and uh and good merch and i'm actually happy you bring that up because along with debut we're actually going to be releasing our first merch line as well sweet um the ronin collective 
that's uh that's kind of like our collective that we got going on it's the uh the concept of just uh masters without masters man yeah um it's all about people who are pursuing their passions and i've always had an infatuation with uh the japanese culture particularly because of their honor system mm. um you know, and, and how seriously the craftsman takes his craft, even if he's just a potter. How seriously the swordsman takes his craft. You know, if everybody's willing to take it to that that nth degree, uh, you know, I will I will die for my craft. And I, I'm trying to bring that uh, that concept back to the modern modern society, and that's kind of the idea behind Ronin Collective. Um, and I'm beyond fucking stoked for what's coming on this merch line. We've got some uh, some pretty fantastic designs in the works. We'll be doing some shirts, some hoodies, some hats. We might even have some pants coming a little bit down <laughs> the line. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how it's going. We're kind of just getting our feet in the water, and it's looking like it's going to be good. Uh, but obviously, it's a slow start, and like anything mm-hmm. else, uh, it takes a lot of investment yep. in, in both time and yep. money. So... We're kind of right in the middle of that process, and uh, debuts the first big uh, pillar stone along the way. Yeah, that's good. Preach to the choir on that front, honestly. Just uh, you know, from the ground up kind of thing. Preaching to the choir. Um, so when's the when's the first, <laughs> I guess, uh, taste of debut coming? Because obviously the obviously the project's dropping in October, start of October, but usually. Uh, you drop, I don't know, like you know, teaser visuals here and there and stuff like that. So, when's the, I guess, when's the rollout starting before, obviously, the album itself, uh, the, the EP yeah, itself? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we're going to do The album, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there, there's going to be some pre-release promotion. Um, on this project in particular, it's going to be a, a little bit less uh, visual promotion than we've done for some of the other uh, EPs that we put out this year. Just because this uh, this project is actually going to be getting a lot of its own uh, music videos. Uh, we we kind of just finished um, investing in a lot of the film equipment that we were going to mm-hmm. need to pull this all together. Um, and so debut is going to get a good little bit of promotion. You might get a visual before the release. Um, but cool. most of the most of the visuals that are going to be coming out for this project in particular are actually going to be uh, little snippets and clips from the music videos that will be coming out over the next eight weeks or so. Um, mm. And we'll also be catching up on some music videos for uh, for some of the previous EPs as well. So, um, you know, like a week in advance, uh, it, it's going to be a little bit of a last minute drop on most people. You're, you're, you know, you're the only one outside of my team that's actually heard the project, so... <laughs> oh, damn! All right, big wonder for I wonder for that. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, fam. I oh, appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I me, mean, I mean, okay. So I want to end on um, uh, a top five again, because that's what that's what we do here. Um, so it last 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 <laughs> time it was right now. So um, I mean, you're gonna have to switch switch up your top five, my boy. And uh, cause I think the what was the right now? It was uh, J Cole. It was Kendrick, uh, Logic. Uh, let me get it up right quick. Which I I would I would like to say that I have uh, stuff now. Uh, lo- well, l- practically last year after you uh, recommended him to me and uh, totally boss. I absolutely love him. Uh, just a shout out to Sylvan the Q. 
Um, and you also yeah. put Ocean Wisdom in there as well. So that was right now. I don't know if that's changed, uh, but I don't care because I want a new top five. So if you have the new top five, like, uh, okay. I don't know, I don't know oh. like an all-time or <laughs> lyricist, I don't know, whatever you want, my guy. Just has that now. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'll just I'll just give you some of what what I've been really vibing with this year, man. Um, this has been a yeah. big year for a lot of people who I've been keeping an eye on for a few years now, um, and that's mm-hmm. been pretty inspirational too to see some people who I feel like are a little bit closer to my lane um, making their way right now. But I'm, Saba, Shmino, yes, um, yes. I, I've got to put Sylvan back in there. You know what I mean. <laughs> Sylvan's yep, yep, my dude. Um, you know, yeah. someone a little bit closer out in your area. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you know Sparks, uh, but I'm a big fan of Sparks MC. Um, you know, okay. you, you might know Another him through some of his work with the mouse outfit that he did a few years back. Um, yeah. And I'm going to have to put Earth Gang in there, man. Ooh, Earth Gang really? doing their thing this year. Okay. They're killing it. Okay. And it, it it makes me happy to see, man. And that uh, that most recent project, Maryland, is just uh, yeah. I was gonna ask how you like so it. It's so unique. It's I love it. I love it. It's it's unlike anything else that's out right now. Um, I feel like, anyways, and yeah, it's definitely inspiring me to try to branch out in my own ways and, and create my own my own styles and niches too. So I'm fucking mm. with the, with that list. That'll be my, my top five for this round. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So with it, when I when I hit you up in uh, November to uh, ask if you want to do a uh, top five or top ten uh, list for the for the end of the year, uh, if it's albums, is Miralanka be on that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely. I won't, I won't ask for. That. I won't ask for the whole. But uh, just to. Uh, just, just getting a taste. Right. Just getting a taste. Right. See where you're at. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get the, I'll get the album list this November for sure. I want to see. Right, uh, man, I'm I looking, see looking how forward to that. Looking out. forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. All right, Rise. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward hey. to what you got going on. Sounds, sounds like a real process. Sounds like you got. You're, it sounds like you're two steps ahead, and I'm 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 really looking forward to what you got what going got going on. Anyway. And much love, man. It's it's a pleasure as always. Um, and yeah, I'm really happy for what you got going too. Definitely, I uh, believe I'm keeping up on that. So I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I, I should close out too. Um, I want to give a a big shout out to my boy Unexotic. Um, He's the main person I'm working with on this project debut. He produced the beats. He definitely uh, put in ungodly amounts of time working with my boy Evan to get this uh, mixed and mastered and uh, crafted the way it is. So, yeah, man, debut October 7th. Uh, appreciate it, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Rise and Cuts. <laughs> that was my talk with rise and that is the end of the show ladies and gentlemen uh, if you want to follow rise uh, you can have uh, i'll put the uh, links in the descriptions below for his all his work 
uh, debut October seventh. You heard it. Go 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 circle on that calendar. Go go circle that. Uh, and yeah, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Element Podcast Network, I've been Charlie Taylor, and this has been Moss Kids. Intro music is Too Much by Vanilla. Interlude music is uh, Vista by Poldor. You can find all their music via Bandcamp in the links below. Shout out to Chill Music or Chill Records for the ability to use these songs. You can also find their Bandcamp page in the descriptions below. There's going to be a lot of descriptions below. <laughs> just, just, just a thought. Just, uh, just a thought. It's going to be so much. But anyway, <laughs> hope you have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. I shall try and do the same. And until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.